Hello, we'll begin here in Genesis chapter 43. Now we're going to begin here with the campaign to bring Benjamin back to Egypt. See, because Joseph required that unless Benjamin came, that they would not release Simeon. And he sent his brothers out to go back to Canaan and then bring back Benjamin. So this here begins with Genesis chapter 43, the campaign to bring Benjamin back to Egypt. And it begins here in verse one, it says, and the famine was sore in the land. Now the famine is now worse. Remember, this is seven years of death. This is, this is the, the last, uh, the seven years on the famine that they had seven years of surplus, but now they have a, after the surplus has ended, now they have a seven years of worse famine that can even overpower and overtake the surplus. And now the famine is now was in all the land. This has spread throughout the land of Canaan. And throughout now, this has become death. This is survival. And this is the matter of survival now because the famine is becoming worse. If you read in Genesis 41 verse 5, it says, All countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn because that the famine was so sore in all lands. Now this is, this is becoming worse now. And it says now, desperation measures now begin to kick in with uh, Jacob now. And then it says right here in verse two, it says, and it came to pass when they had eaten up the corn, which they had brought out of Egypt, their father said unto them, go again, buy us a little food. See, they have eaten up all the corn. And here Jacob's family is now in starvation because, you know, because now all these things, there's a shortage of corn now in famine. And, and, and you use, usually the main food, the main, um, there's, the substance of all things is, is bread and food to make. It says now he has eaten up all the corns and now he says, go again and buy us a little food. And then here in verse three, it says, and Judah spake unto him saying, the man did solemnly protest unto us saying, ye shall not see my face except your brother be with you. Now Judah says the man, meaning Joseph, because jo they did not recognize that the man, the governor was Joseph. And he says that the man says that you shall not see my face unless you bring your brother again, Benjamin. And he says, and Jacob was reluctant enough to rather have Simeon in Egypt locked up than to send back J uh, Benjamin. In other words, you know, Joseph was, he said that Joseph made it specifically clear that unless they bring Benjamin back, they will not uh, release Simeon, who was locked up in, back in Egypt. 
And then in verse 4, it says, And if thou, it says, And if thou wilt send our brother with us, we will go down and buy thee food. But if thou wilt not send him, we will not go down. For the man said unto us, Ye shall not see my face, except your brother be with you. You see, now he's saying, What is the alternative? They have no alternative here. There was none. Either, either the boy, either they bring the boy, either they bring Benjamin back with them to Egypt, or they will not have any food to eat. And this is starvation. They're going into this, you know, into this worst famine now. And then here you see it says in verse six, and Israel said, Wherefore dealt ye so ill with me? as to tell the man whether he had a brother and you know Jacob is saying to Judah he said why did you tell the man that you have a brother see Jacob is still reluctant he did not want to leave his uh his only child as he considers it Benjamin with them and then he says here and Judah responded he says in verse 7 and they said the man asked us straightly of our states and of our kindred, saying, Is your father yet alive? Have ye yet another brother? And we told him according to the tenor of these words, Could we certainly know that he would say, Bring your brother down? Judah said that the man was probing, and he's saying that, Is your father alive? Do you have another brother? You know, we couldn't know that he will say, Bring your brother down. And he says that this man was asking a lot of personal questions, speaking about Joseph, that Joseph was probing to find out more about the family. And so they revealed that they had a brother. And now Joseph says, bring your brother down. So in verse 8, he says, And Judah said unto Israel, his father, Send the lad with me, and we will arise and go, that we may live and not die, both we and thou, and also our little ones. Now Judah is now petitioning to Israel, who is formerly Jacob. And now the word of God is using Israel rather than Jacob. And his name has been changed by God. And also God says that he's going to, because this man is now converted. He's now converted and God has changed his name completely from being Jacob. And this is the man that is now Israel. And see, the Lord Jesus Christ, through um, in an angelic form, that manifested through an angelic form, the angel of the Lord wrestled with this man. And then uh, it says that Israel prevailed with God. And he was a wrestler. He, he won by leaning, leaning on God. And God uh, broke his hip paralyzed him but again God changed his name and from being Jacob and now it gives him the name Israel you see he's Israel now and the Bible is using Israel the word Israel that's what the Bible uses now here it says in verse 9 it says and I will be surety for him again Judah is petitioning with his um, with his father Israel and he says, I will be surety for him of my hand shall thou require him. If I bring him not to thee and send him before thee, then let me bear the blame forever. 
For except we had lingered, surely now we had returned this second time. Now Judah is convincing his father. He says, send the boy Benjamin with us and we will arise and go so, so we wouldn't starve. And Judah is now stepping up <clears throat> and he's saying that I will bear the blame. And he gave him the surety, you know, he gave him the assurance and the surety, sort of like a pledge. And this pledge is what he hold on to because in Genesis it's also said that, you know, when Joseph would withhold, which in the in the future Joseph is gonna withhold Benjamin, and this man is gonna plead his case that he had a surety with his father. And if you wouldn't let us have him before, we will return the second time. Now he's saying that if um, if there would have been if Jacob would have not been so possessive because he has holding this boy, they would have returned the second time. And here this man is uh, Israel, Jacob, is now too possessive about this boy and he's fearing a lot of loss. He does not want to lose his last child, which is, which is Benjamin. And he probably was feeling guilty for uh, sending Joseph out to check on his brother and Joseph never returned after that. So now he's afraid that he's going to lose his son, Benjamin, by sending them out with, with the other brothers. So this man is fearful and now his son Judah is now trying to convince him that, you know, he's going to make a pledge. If he doesn't come back, he has to blame him forever. And then in verse 11 it says and their father and their father Israel said unto them if it must be so now do this take of the best fruits in the land excuse me take on of the best fruits in the land in your vessels and carry down the man a present a little balm a little honey spices and myrrh nuts and almonds and take double money in your hand and the money that was brought again in the mouth of your sacks, carry it again in your hand. Peradventure, it was an oversight. And then verse 13, it says, Take also your brother and arise and go again unto the man. Now he gave instructions on what to bring. And then he said, Take the money in the sack, you know, bring extra money to the man just in case. The, the previous money because they found money in the sack when they opened the sack when they were coming they were coming from Egypt back into Canaan they went into this inn and then opened up a sack and found the money uh, in the mouth of the sack and they were afraid but here he's saying take all those money back to them and take an extra money just in case it was like an over uh, over comp compensation that overpaid them and you see you know Jacob again Israel is now attempting to soften the man's heart by also giving gifts saying all these things take down uh, carry a little balm little honey spices myrrh nuts and almonds and Jacob again still has not learned his lesson and he's not walking by faith just like you know he did with Esau he was trying to you know, soften the man's heart like he did when he, when he met Esau the first time. He was giving droves of droves to Esau, but Esau never took those droves. 
you see but here this man is doing the same thing here he's not walking by faith and again also you see you notice also that the israelites they have all things except corn they have all these balm nuts and all the almonds but except corn you see which is the essential thing corn back then was the essential thing and it's made out of you can make bread out of it and christ is the bread of life you see christ here is the bread of life and many people have many things except the most essential things many people have many things except the most essential things which is christ which is life so these people don't have uh bread and they don't have bread they have all these things bomb nuts but they don't have the bread the essential thing to sustain them in famine and then here it says and he says now in verse 14 it says and god almighty give you mercy before the man that he may send away your other brother and benjamin if i be bereaved of my children i am bereaved you know finally he he releases benjamin after all these things that happened all these you know they the food ran out you know he wouldn't have released benjamin if the food would not ran out he would have kept simeon still locked up in jail but here is now desperate measures now come and he finally releases benjamin by saying may, may el shaddai give you mercy you know this he could have done before you know he could have prayed and released benjamin in god's name and he could have done this rather than having all these uh, uh self-pity episodes you know this is not faith in action you know by holding on benjamin and then but we are all like jacob you know we we need to pray for god to strengthen our faith but here this is not faith in action you see all faith has to be activated by action yeah you notice and then also notice he says the other brother see he says he says may may god almighty el shaddai he says, speaking of el shaddai give you mercy before the man that he may send away your other brother he didn't call simeon by name he didn't call Simeon by name and still Jacob considers his children with Rachel his only true children see you see he, he says if I am bereaved also notice here he say if I am bereaved if I be bereaved of my children see this is not fate I am bereaved if I'm bereaved of my children I am bereaved you know in Esther remember in Esther you know but again i'm talking i'm speaking about um in the book of esther there's a esther says something if i perish i am perish you know but esther was standing on god's promises see after Pharis, after fasting you say oh if i perish but not like jacob here jacob was not walking by faith and the thing about jacob he did not have the strong faith than that his grandfather abraham had you see and jacob was gonna later on admit that he's he's falling short with his uh from the expectations of his fathers he's, he's the least of it and he's gonna mention that later on 
But here, this man has knows he doesn't have a strong faith, you know, like all of us. I know we are still learning. No Christian has arrived, but we still have a long way to go. But now Jacob here, his 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 faith is not as strong as it should be, because now he's holding on his his only son because of loss, fear of loss. And he must stand on God's promises here. So, but he's holding on here. And he said this, if I am bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. And he's not supposed to say that. He's just supposed to walk by faith. But here, moving on, he says in verse 15, and it says, And the men took that present, and they took double money in their hand, and Benjamin, and rose up and went down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. Now the brothers now took the present along with Benjamin and they rose up and went to Egypt and then they stood before Joseph. See, Joseph hasn't uh, seen Benjamin for 20 years now and Benjamin probably was in his early 30s at this point and, you know, he tell the ruler of his house, you see, he's going to, and then you see here, Joseph is going to see his brother. He's going to look at his brother now. And we see here, this is the first time he's going to meet Benjamin, which is in verse 16. It says, And when Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the ruler of his house, Bring these men home and, and slay and make ready for these men shall dine with me at noon. And the man did as Joseph bade. And the man brought the man and the man brought the man into Joseph's house. Now, Joseph tells his ruler that he wants to dine with his brothers, and then he tells him to prepare dinner in his house. And the ruler of his servant, the ruler of the house of Joseph, um, Joseph's house, the, the ruler of the servant, the head servants of Joseph, you know, interesting. This man obeyed and did all Joseph asked. And if you read in, in Genesis 39 verse 4, you know, Joseph was the ruler of the house of Potiphar. Joseph was just like this man is now uh, having servants, head servants. Before Joseph was the ruler of the house of the house of Potiphar. And now he has a butler. He has a butler. You know, this man is now is a man that understands um, service, understands what is required. And he, he said, never de despise the days of the small beginnings. You see, you know, one day we'll look back and see how God has brought us up. But Joseph was giving them orders, but his heart you know, understood that he's, this is as his servants. You know, he has been where they are in the past. See, now he's giving them orders, but again, he has been where these people have been in the past. And this is a picture of Christ again, unless you have been somewhere, you know, unless you, you shouldn't give orders, unless you have given, uh, unless you have been where people have been, you should not give orders, but yeah, Jesus Christ, is, the Bible says that Jesus Christ was came to this earth and he became a man like us. And then he was tempted on all points, just like us. You see, 
The Bible says that yet without the sin, just as Joseph was exalted in his position, Christ is now exalted. You know, same as Jesus. Jesus is now exalted in his position. Now he's the only one that can give me orders. You see, and he says he can give me. He can say, "Keep my commandments, Stephen. Keep my commandments." See, because Jesus has been where I've been. You know, he knows all my temptations. And he said, keep my commandments, you see, because he has been where I've been before. And this is where it's like a picture of uh, Christ here. Joseph is now giving orders to his head servants, but he has been where they've been. And he knows them and he knows his servants. And here in verse 18, it says, And the men were afraid because they were brought into Joseph's house. And they said, because of the money that was returned in our sacks at the first, at the first time we are brought in, that he may seek occasion against us and fall upon us and take us for bondmen and our asses. See, they brought them into the house. They brought them, the, the chief head of servant of Joseph brought these men into uh, Joseph's house. And these, these brothers are filled up with guilt. See, you know, they, they are afraid of condemnation now. And, you know, see, because those who commit evil will, will are always paranoid. And this man, these people are paranoid and always looking out at their shoulders. They are looking out their shoulders because they thought that there's some kind of judgment on them. It says because the money was brought back in the sack with them. Because of the money that was brought back that Joseph may take them as a bondman. See, these men could not receive love. They could not receive mercy because of their sin, because what they did and which kept them in bondage. And they are always paranoid and they are afraid all the time. And then in verse, in verse 19, here's their fear. It says, and they came near to the steward of Joseph's house, and they communed with him at the door of the house, and said, Oh, sir, we came indeed down at the first time to buy food, and it came to pass when we came into the inn that we opened our sacks, and behold, every man's money was in the mouth of his sack, our money in full weight, and we have brought it again unto our hand, and the money have we brought down in our hands to buy food. We cannot tell who put our money in our sacks. <clears throat> now they are pleading now to the steward of Joseph's house. They are pleading and they are saying that we, we indeed, our intentions, we are, you know, we are good. We, we indeed came to buy food and we are not spies and these people are still bound by guilt and condemnations, you know, and they are afraid that what is going to happen to them next. And then in verse 23, it says, and, the, and he said, Peace be to you. Fear not. Your God and the God of your father have given you treasure in your sacks. I had sent your money. And he brought Simeon out unto them. And now the steward of Joseph's house said, Peace be, be to you. And he said, Do not fear. The God of your father's referring to the God of uh, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, had given you favor. See, and then he releases Simeon. And then he said, Peace be with you. Do not fear. 
And that's what the Lord Jesus Christ tells his disciples. You know, these men were filled with fear of being persecuted. And we Christians are not to fear judgment or anything. So Christ comes and says, peace be with you. And here it's in verse um, in verse 20, moving on in verse 24, it says, And the man brought the men into, the, into Joseph's house and gave them water, and they washed their feet, and he gave their asses provender. Now, the hospitality now is part of the culture of the Hebrews in those days, and not the, not the Egyptians. See, he gave them water, he, they washed their feet, and then he provided food. For their donkeys this is a hospitality that you know that was a culture in those in the hebrew days in the israelite days and that's what abraham did mostly isaac and you know, all take you know washing their feet not not isaac but abraham did and lot did also this is a demonstration of hospitality in those days and then he says and they made ready the present against Joseph came at noon for they, heard, for they heard that they should eat bread there. And when Joseph came home, they brought him the present which was in their hand into the house and bowed themselves to the earth. Bowed, they bowed themselves to him, to the earth. Now, we're going to speak about this, but here they got their gifts. They brought gifts to, to, to Joseph. Because they were going to eat in at Joseph's house at noon to eat bread, and bread was again was a substance. Bread was a commodity in a time of famine. Bread was, you know, is very, um, it's a commodity at that time. And here you see the dream of Joseph. You know, they brought gifts. They brought gifts in their hand, and now they bow themselves to Joseph. They bow themselves and Joseph, you know, remember in Genesis 37 verse 7, he says, For behold, we were binding sheaves, sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf rose and also stood around about and made absence to my sheaf. Now, Joseph is witnessing the dream, the dream he had when he was 17 back in Canaan with his brothers. The dream he had when he was a little boy, now he's now seeing it all now in in, in fulfillment. This is because now they brought gifts, they brought all these things, and now they bow themselves, and this is the fulfillment of that dream. And here Joseph sees that, and it says here in verse twenty-seven, it says, and he asks them of their welfare, and he said, "Is your father well, the old man of whom you spake?" Is he alive? Is he yet alive? And they answered, Thy servant, our father, is in good health. He is yet alive. And they bowed down their heads and made obeisance. You see, they ask, you know, he asked, Is their father alive? And Joseph gradually is revealing himself here and he's asking their brother before. You know, he's asking. Of their brother before and then now he's washing their feet he's washing their feet and then now he's asking about their father so he's gradually revealing himself and they said that their father is well and in good health and now they bow again this is the third time they bowed 
And then here in verse 29, it says, And he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your younger brother of whom you spake unto me? And he said, God be gracious unto you, my son. You see, he said, call him my son. He's still a young man. Benjamin is still a young man here because Joseph is calling him my son. And then he says in verse 30, it says, And Joseph made haste, for his bowels were for his bowels did yearn up upon his brother. And he he besought, and he sought where to weep, and he entered into his chamber and wept there. Now Joseph saw his brother. First, he, you know, he called him my son. It means that he, this is a, a younger, you know, and he, he asked, is this your younger brother of your mother's son? You know, of, of this is this is Joseph's um, son. This is this is Joseph's, excuse me, brother from his mother's son. And Rachel has passed now, and this is his brother that he's yearning for. And here you see, he finally sees his, his blood brother. And here he couldn't, you know, he couldn't hold his tears now. He had to cry, his, his emotions now. He couldn't hold his emotions and he left and wept. You see, this was his brother. And it says, God be gracious unto you. And then here he says in verse uh, 31, and he washed his face and went out and refrained himself and said, set on bread. You see, Joseph, after crying, he washed his face and he went out. He said he refrained himself. He refrained himself. In other words, he, he, he controlled himself and he sat down and ate bread. You know, Joseph cried in a private place, but then washed his face. And afterward, he came in back and he refrained himself. And here is a note, you know, man should cry all the time. It's good for men to cry, but just don't cry in front of people. You know, don't cry, especially people who you are leading. And this man, it is, it is important to appear confident. And this man appeared confident after he has wept. And, you know, he, he refrained himself from being, you know, crying in front of people. You know, you, you recall, again, when we go to the book of Samuel, you know, Joab, one of generals of David, King David was, you know, holding on David after Absalom's death. His son, David's son died. And, you know, because David began to weep unconsolable. And now, you know, which kind of shows weakness. And here... Joseph did not want to show weakness here. You know, he refrained himself and because he's a prime minister and he can be seen, he cannot be seen in front of people crying. You know, again, should a man cry? Absolutely, yes. But not in front of the people you are supposed to lead. You know, also by crying, he gives him away because his brother will recognize him. And here in verse 32, and he, and he sets... And they set on for him by himself and for themselves and for the Egyptians, which did eat with him by themselves, because the Egyptians might not eat bread with the Hebrews, for that is an abomination unto the Egyptians. You know, Joseph sat separately from his brother, 
and so were the Egyptians. And the Egyptian custom, culture and customs, you know, they prevented them from eating from, uh, with the Hebrews because, you know, they did not eat at all because it was an abomination for them to do so. Again, is mentioned here in Genesis 46, verse 34. It says that ye shall, excuse me, Genesis 46, verse 34. It says that ye shall say thy servants trade had been cattle from thy youth until now, both we also and our fathers, that we may dwell in the land of Goshen. For every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. You see, the Egyptians were separatists. They, uh, this was more like a racism back then. And, you know, they were separatists from other, other people. And because of this, they, uh, is, is, the Israelites will end up staying in a place called Goshen because, you know, it's about, Goshen is about 6,000 miles from Egypt and over 10,000 kilometers. But, you know, here, these people do not want to intermingle with the Israelites and the Hebrews. And you recall Potiphar's wife called Joseph a Hebrew. You know, he didn't call him his name, he called him a Hebrew because these people are, they are separatists. They, they love, you know, to stay in their own custom and culture. And, and believers <clears throat> are to be separatists as well. You know, Pharaoh, when Pharaoh told Moses in, in the book of Exodus, and we're going to begin, later on we're going to talk about the book of Exodus, and we're going to study that too, but... Pharaoh said to Moses in Exodus 8 verses 25 and 26, you know, he said to sacrifice. He told, he told Moses to sacrifice, do the Lord's sacrifice in Egypt. And he was trying to make Moses to compromise and to say you should sacrifice the Lord's sacrifice in Egypt. And Moses said that you know you can't do that because you know, for one thing it's an abomination to god to sacrifice anything in the in the in that civilized uh place egypt because egypt was a civilized place and moses said that it was an abomination to do that for the lord also it's also an abomination for the egyptians because the egyptians it's an abomination to do that and they will stone us you know, we are to be in the world, but not of the world. You know, we are to be, although the world is separate, the world does not want inclusion of Christians or believers. Same thing with the believers. You know, we are to completely separate from the world. We are to be in the world, but not of the world. You see, this is a, it's a cultural clash between believers and non-believers. And it needs to be clear and concise and then marginalized you see believers are not to fit in in worldly things and worldly customs and worldly activities with the unbelievers see we have to completely be separate and it's a good lesson here and then here it says in verse 30 uh verse 32 and they said and they sat before him the firstborn according to his birthright now the firstborn is reuben according to his birthright and the youngest according to his youth and the youngest is benjamin and 
the men marveled one another. Now, the Hebrew custom here, this is the Hebrew custom they're doing here. They sat before uh, Joseph and the firstborn according to his birthright and the lastborn according to his youth. And the Egyptians marveled at one another. And they admired this custom here. See? <clears throat> and then in verse 34, and it says, And they took and sent messes unto them from before him. But Benjamin's mess was five times so much as any of theirs. And they drank and were merry with him. See? And they put more, in other words, they put more in the plate of Benjamin five more times. And this this is more like a favoritism, of course. But uh, no, Joseph was uh, so much heartfelt about his brother, and he's now showing favoritism. But you know, in and then he's going to do that again in verse uh, Genesis chapter forty-five, verse twenty-two. He says, "To all of them, he gave each man changes of raiment, like raiment means clothes." But to Benjamin, he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of raiment. You see, favoritism of Benjamin here, you know, again, favoritism, as I mentioned before, uh, separates close relatives and friends. But God is not God of favoritism. God does not approve favoritism, you see. But this is what Joseph is doing here. But again, God does not approve that. Doesn't mean that God approves it. Because God does not have favorite favorites. Everybody is favored in God's eyes. You see, He makes the sun shine on the just and unjust. And but here Benjamin is now becoming. He's gonna become. Um, he became known as the favorite tribe. Uh, tribe. You know, he's now the favorite. He becomes known as the favorite. You know, tribe. And Paul the apostle came out of this tribe. And you see, Paul once once bragged in uh, in the book of um, Philippians about this that he came out from the favorite tribe of Benjamin, and but here they all drank. He said they all drank and were merry. And here we're going to talk more about uh, what happens next. But this is Genesis chapter forty three. And we're going to begin in Genesis chapter 44 next time. Until then, precious saints, God bless.